drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What is going on? It is a Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. My name is Derek Oakry. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry. Normally, this is where I introduce my co-host, my partner on the show, the one and only Grifka. But Grifka had something uh, work-wise or life or whatever came up. And I said, don't worry, Grifka. I got this solo. So what I'm going to try to do today is I want to go kind of rapid fire. I only got... Let's see, I got two to three main topics, try to get through this in about 30 minutes or less, and yeah, I'm going to try to entertain you, going to give you some things to think about, I think it's going to be a great show, so everybody, thank you so much for listening, um, let's dive right into it, we got no games to recap, we've got uh, you know off-season to talk about, NFL playoffs are going on, I, I thought it was a great game, a uh, bunch of games this past week, you know, I'm really rooting for that Kansas City, Tampa Bay Super Bowl, uh, Mahomes versus Brady, all those skill players, that would be tremendous. But for the Detroit Lions, we're talking GMs and head coaches. Now, lots of rumor and innuendo going on. Lots of people all have their opinions. I mean, when it really comes down to it, do we really know who the best GM is for the Detroit Lions? I mean, a lot of people think we know. You really don't know these guys. You don't know what they're thinking. It's all about who they pick, how it works out, how they construct their their coaching staff, their team, whatever it may be. So so we really don't know. So when we don't know, <laughs> the the most fun thing here to do on the show, I mean, I mean, you guys know what it is, right? It, I mean, it's simply this. We, we, we got to drum up some conspiracy theories about what might be going on. So let me pull this music down. I got three of them that I want to run past you. We're going to do that right now. (laughs) So my first conspiracy theory on what's going on with the Detroit Lions is I think they might be pulling the old okey-doke on people and going after a college coach. I mean, you you don't have to announce the college coaches. It's all kind of under the table. I mean, maybe Matt Campbell is in the mix. Maybe, uh, you know, Fitzy from from Northwestern is their guy and they're just trying to get all their other ducks in their row. So that's my first conspiracy theory is maybe, maybe we're talking college coach and the lions are, are doing this all on the DL while they interview all these other candidates in public. Maybe that's what's going down. Conspiracy theory. Number two, the Detroit lions might just turn around and hire Daryl, Bevel. (laughs) 
I, I feel like Bevel did a pretty good job. He seemed like he had some moxie. The quarterback obviously loves him. You know, he's already got some familiarity in offense. Maybe they do all these interviews and they just say, you know what our best bet for the next few years is? Just to roll out Daryl Bevel, rebuild this roster, and then go get the big-time head coach, GM, two three years down the road. Maybe that's what's going on with the Lions. Hmm. Maybe. Third conspiracy theory. I saved the best for last. I'm here to tell you. I don't know if this is what's happening with the Detroit Lions, but I really hope so. Could you imagine a conspiracy theory that while they're doing all of these interviews, making them public, putting them out on DetroitLions.com, that really behind the scenes what's happening is the Pittsburgh Steelers just got trounced by the Cleveland Browns. Could you imagine if the Detroit Lions were able to lure Kevin Colbert back to the Detroit Lions as the GM. I know it's been talked about, but we haven't really seen or heard much. Maybe maybe this is happening. Maybe this is in the works. Maybe Colbert wants to come back and get this right. He's got, you know, five years left. I've heard rumor innuendo that his son may then take over as the GM. A succession plan already in place. And, and here's the big conspiracy theory. Here's what you save to the end of the segment. What about Mike Tomlin? becoming the head coach of the Detroit Lions, but probably the best head coach in the game, probably the toughest head coach in the game, (laughs) probably the coolest person and head coach in the game of football. Me and my buddies will call him aviators because he's always rocking those aviators. And if you ever know Mike Tomlin rocks like the the five-layered get-up, he's got like the shirt, the sweatshirt, the chain, the jacket, the vest, (laughs) all the gear on on the sideline. Let's make it a double dip. Let's bring in Colbert, Mike Tomlin, and let's do it out of nowhere. Let's all of a sudden, we interviewed 15 people for each position. You know, people are getting annoyed. The lines are dragging their feet. They're they're taking forever. And then, bam! Tomlin. (laughs) Tomlin, Colbert to Detroit to get this thing rolling in the right direction for the Detroit Lions. There it is, everybody. I know you're shocked. I know you're annoyed, either at those takes or maybe at the music that I continue to roll in the background. But me and Grifko always like to do a good conspiracy theory on the show. And and there's no better three theories than the Lions interviewing all these NFL people when really they want a college guy. There's no better Detroit Lions conspiracy theory than they're going through all of this work, making it a thorough process. That's what you hear all the time. And in actuality, they loved what Daryl Bevel did so much. Matthew Stafford loves Daryl Bevel so much that he's his head coach no matter what. This has all just been a sham and they're just going to go with Bevel. They're going to bring in some kind of no-name GM that no one's going to like. And they're just going to roll that out for the next few years and see how it goes for them. Daryl Bevel, I think, did some good things, as I said earlier. I think he's not going to get a head coach anywhere else. But he could, could he get one in Detroit? 
I think it could happen, people. I, I think it's a it's an underlying storyline that could happen, and I'm trying to just tee you up now in case it happens. You're ready for it. And then the third one, as I said, you know, Kevin Colbert's been talked about. Would people like Kevin Colbert? Would they like to have him back based on what he's done in Pittsburgh and him being a former executive with the Lions and coming back and getting the president, CEO, you know, top man in football type um, type role, type title, as well as working hand-in-hand with a guy like Chris Spielman, uh, as well as bringing his son along and grooming him as well to maybe just take this thing and transition right into the next regime. Absolutely. But wouldn't the cherry on the top be Mike Tomlin? Hey, he's been in Pittsburgh so long. It didn't go that well this year. Maybe he's just frustrated. Like, he's the greatest interview in the game. He's the greatest post-game interview, maybe in all of sports. I put him right up there with Dana White of the UFC as the greatest guy behind the microphone um, that we have here here in sports right now. Just, just bring them both. Like, Mike Tomlin is a culture changer. Mike Tomlin is the type of guy that could flip this upside down, flip the the attitude of players upside down, and get everybody fired up. Players, people in the building, fans, alums. I know Benny Blades be fired up if Mike Tomlin comes in and his man Kevin Colbert come in and take over the Detroit Lions. So, there it is. There's my three conspiracy theories of what might be happening behind the scenes. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. Now, before we take our commercial break, we're talking about when will this happen? Like, I told Benny Blades on my other podcast, Believe in Lions, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with Benny Blades. I thought something was going to happen either this weekend, early this week, especially when Indy, Pittsburgh... Seattle <laughs> all got bounced out of the game. I thought, man, we're, we're going to have a phone call in Monday morning. This thing's going to move forward. Hey, appreciate everybody else uh, jumping on Zoom, but, you know, they am getting their guy. It didn't happen. You know, they're still bringing in people for interviews, still going through the process. Some of their targets are, are coming off the board now before I start recording. John Schneider resigned with, with the Seahawks, my, my basic number one candidate. He's he's gone. He, he's no longer available. That might have just been a sham or, you know, something that was made up all along. I don't know. Robert Sala, the coach that everybody wants, seems to be moving on. He's got a second interview with the Jets. I wouldn't be surprised if he inks up either there or Philly before the Lions even have a chance to circle back if that's what they want to do. It feels to me like the Lions don't want to uh, move in the solid direction probably because that's what the fans want that's what seems to make the most sense and they're gonna you know pick the guy they feel most comfortable with or the person that they think is right which unfortunately as my time with the Lions as the Lions fan we've seen how that's turned out Uh, when will it happen I mean gosh things are heating up people are getting second interviews you're gonna be hearing this on a Wednesday but I'd love something to be said by Friday, by the weekend, by early next week. Absolutely. I think you got to lock this up. You got to get it done. I mean, before you know it, the Senior Bowls, what, in late January? Um, so then you got the Super Bowl. That, then you're into whatever the scouting combine is going to be like. Then we're, we're the draft is on top of us by mid to late April. I mean, you got to get this thing rolling. I mean, I know they want to get the right person, and that is the most important thing to get the right person. Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, but 
I mean, if if Tomlin ends up being the pipe dream that we kind of all know he is, but you can get Colbert, like, let's go get that next best head coach and let's get rolling. Let's start putting a plan together. Let's start revamping the roster. Let's start getting rid of guys. Let's get our free agent plan together. Um, all the stuff that goes on with the draft and, and start moving this forward because the thing that I really want is I want a name, both at GM and head coach, that's going to get this fan base fired up because I know for myself personally, like these last few years where I kept saying, oh, just hold on. It's going to come together. Hey, listen to Matt Patricia. He's a smart guy. Hey, Bob Quinn, he's had some sneaky little draft picks between injuries, between bad play, bad coaching, um, bad, you know, picks that didn't pan out when you try to give them more time than than they needed. Like we're sitting here looking for something to hang on to. And right now we're looking to hang on to a name, a head coach and GM that people can be excited about, that people can get behind and that can steer this thing in the right direction and people don't even really care like if it's a if it's a popular name people get excited nobody nobody's looking at this team saying you got to win 10 games next year you got to get to the playoffs you got to be a super bowl contender we're willing to be patient in that realm but i think myself the fan base everybody out there we're not willing to hear two no-name people, two people that are retreads that nobody has a big core belief in, be named head coach of the Lions, GM of the Lions, and, and have to hope and pray that they knew better than everybody else. They figured it out. We had no idea what we we're talking about. And uh, in three years, it's just you know the greatest situation ever here in Detroit. We don't want to do that. We want to get the fans fired up. We want to get the roster figured out of what the plan is. We're willing to wait a little bit, but we'd love to get some W's before it's too too late in the game. So that, that's the first part of my show. Three conspiracy theories. I'm not going to give you the same old info that everybody else is giving you about uh, the exact people that interviewed. You guys know who those names are. Do you guys know who your top names are? I thought I'd give you those fun conspiracy theories as well as just fire you up a little bit. That, hey, in a week or so, we're probably going to have a new GM, a new coach of the Detroit Lions. Who it is, I really don't know right now. But I got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping it's somebody exciting. And I'm ready to get this thing rolling. So, everybody, drink that in. As as you know, we normally do on the show. I mean, that's what we do. We serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid. We tell you to drink it in every week here on the show. Drink it in, man. We, we serve it up with a little side, uh, a couple side items of cornbread. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. Everybody, um, please, we're going to take a quick break. we get our sponsor in here, Anchor Podcast. If you haven't check, checked out Anchor Podcast yet, you got to check them out. If you got some um, great takes on sports or music or any of your interests, you go start up your own show at Anchor Podcast. Check them out. And then there'll also be a quick ad here for my other podcast. I mentioned it earlier. Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network, where myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades chop it up and talk Lions on Thursday mornings that drops on all your favorite podcast platforms. So people really enjoying that show. I love doing this um, Detroit Kool-Aid cast and that show. And sometimes I like talking with Grifka, but I like getting on the mic here for Solo as well and dropping some knowledge. So you're going to hear those ads, but you better stay tuned because when we come back, I'm going to break down the top seven picks in the draft. I'm going to give you guys how it could shake out for the Lions. And I'm also going to give you probably six, seven names that are going to be sitting there at number seven that the Lions are going to have to pick between and who to pick, why. We're going to get into all that on the back half of the show. Everybody, 
We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors, but today I want to tell you about my other lions podcast it's called believe in lions and that's spelled b-l-e-a-v on the believe podcasting network with both myself and lions legendary safety benny blades yeah you know who he is the hard-hitting safety benny blades played for the lions he also played for the u you know what it is the university of miami those miami hurricanes he mentions it multiple times the show. Benny loves to talk about his hurricanes, his lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk lions. Like I said, he brings up the hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Benny loves the lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers? Appreciate you listening to our sponsors. That really helps out the show. Please go check them out. Please go check out my B-L-E-A-V in Lions, my Believe in Lions podcast with myself and Benny Blades. And I, I'm just here to tell you that it's about to get it's about to get real up in here. And you know how I know that is when this music drops. Oh yeah, you know what it is. Let me pull that down. You know that's that old NFL prime time music. I got a whole mega mix that's just gonna roll in the background while well, I talk to you guys about the NFL draft. Now I told you about players to know, talk to you about some strategy, maybe how it's gonna go down. But I'm here to go through picks one through seven today and get you guys all fired up. So let's let's just dive right into this with the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft. You guys know who it is. It's that beast Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. You know he's going to the Jacksonville Jaguars along with Urban Meyer and all those offensive skill players they got there. That's a no-doubter. At pick number two for the New York Jets, this one's a little crazy. People got Devonta Smith going up there now. They got the big offensive tackle. But for this scenario, I went ahead and gave him a guy that I really want for the Lions so he'd be off the board and make this a little more challenging. I'm going to go ahead and give him Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, all the way up at number two overall. With the third pick, we're looking at the Miami Dolphins. They acquired this pick by trading with the Houston Texans. Good good trade there, Billy O'Brien and company. You gave up the third overall pick for Laramie Tunsil and paid him a ton of money. And the Miami Dolphins cannot like it any more than they do because a guy is sitting there that Tua Tungabailoa had plenty of success with at Alabama. Oh yeah, this is where I see the Heisman Trophy winner going. 
And that's Devonta Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, going to play with Tua. What a perfect mix. I mean, unbelievable. With the fourth pick, the Atlanta Falcons select. Here it is, everybody. This is the swing pick up here early in the draft. Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. I see them just deciding that they're moving on from Matt Ryan. I feel like the time is right to just sort of pull that plug, get Justin Fields here at four, retool some of their offensive weapons and go about it that way, and I think he'd fit right in with the Falcons there in Atlanta. So Justin Fields, they have their new franchise quarterback. The fifth pick, Cincinnati Bengals select. Another perfect fit. Jamar Chase. The wide receiver from LSU teaming up with Joe Burrow. Now, now, do I think they could go off and tackle? Do I think they have some other needs? Sure do, but do I like the fact that Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, Higgins, <laughs> some of their other uh, playmakers that they got there, as well as some old line guys they've taken in previous years? You better believe I do. Jamar Chase going to the Cincinnati Bengals with the sixth pick. Philadelphia Eagles select Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons (laughs) Lions fans again get just nabbed at the buzzer I mean he's probably the best defensive player on the board he's at a huge position of need the Lions have missed out on what we missed out on Josh Allen the linebacker a few years ago last year it was Chase Young from that team down south and this year Micah Parsons goes one pick before the Lions to the Eagles so with the seventh pick the Detroit Lions are sitting there they have names on the board like Trey Lance Quiddy Pay Waddle the speed demon Tyreek Hill type from Alabama they have Penny Sewell the no-doubt offensive tackle from Oregon. They have Patrick Sertan, the corner, as well as Gregory Rousseau. Let let me go ahead and kill the music right there, because this is when it gets real, people. Those are six names that I think you're going to see up in that top part of the draft. Um, We've got a defensive end, corner, wide-out quarterback, another another rush player inside-outside. Offensive tackle, that's almost too good to pass up. What would you do at seven if that's the scenario? And most people are probably listening to this going, oh, if that's really do- is how it shakes out with Parsons gone, Jamar Chase is gone, Devonta Smith is gone, Zach Wilson's gone. Like, you know, I, I set it up not only as a realic- realistic scenario, but as almost like a worst case scenario. Like all those players that are being talked about right now, all those players that seem to fit with the Lions need, all those players that seem like they'll be available at seven. I mean, talk to a lot of people that think Wilson, Smith, Fields, Jamar Chase, Parsons will all be there, could all be there at number seven. But I set it up for you to be kind of the hardest choice to make. And like I said, I gave you some names, the guys I'd target. Now, here's kind of my thinking at seven, if that's how it how it broke down. I, I've said it here. I've said it. Um, you know, I do some writing for Lions Wire. I've, I've said it on other podcasts. 
you know, on Twitter at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. I've said quarterback trumps all. It really does. So if the Lions are either going to move away from Matt Stafford in the next couple years or if they have a trade scenario or have already traded Matt Stafford, I think Trey Lance in this scenario would trump everything. He's a quarterback. He's got immense talent. He needs some time to season. But if the GM and head coach like Trey Lance, I think that's the pick you would make just because of the quarterback position value. Now, if you realize that you can't rush the quarterback whatsoever and you need a rush player, then I'm looking at defensive end as my main need because Parsons is off the board and there's not another linebacker that's close. But Gregory Rousseau, who I might be talking about here soon in the next week or two with Benny Blades from the U. Uh, I'm sure he's got plenty to say. I actually watched an interview with the Draft Network for Greg Rousseau. Um, I've, I've watched some of his tape, YouTube highlights. Um, and, you know, I've got some thoughts on him. So, you know, between him and Quiddy Pay, everybody, you know, I'm a, I'm a Globo fan all day, every day. We've seen Quiddy uh, do his thing. We've seen him grow. We've seen him be inside, outside, move around, sack the quarterback, get after the quarterback. Some people think, ah, he he, he didn't do enough. He didn't produce enough. Uh, others think he's this moldable piece of clay that you could just bring in, beef him up in the weight room, move him all around your defense, and get after the quarterback with a guy like Quiddy Pay. I mean, those are basically the two top edge rushers in this draft as we stand right now. You got Waddle, the kid from Alabama, like I mentioned, uh, getting comparisons to Tyree Kill, crazy speed. You know, he had the injury this year as well as looked really bad in the um, championship game just because I don't know what he was dealing with that ankle still, but he was just barely hobbling off the field, yet all of a sudden he'd look fine again and make a catch, and everybody's talking about his toughness and how it was crazy that he went out and played for his teammates. I mean, I just thought he looked horrible the way he was collapsing there on his leg, but he was still able to play. I don't know the doctors would put you out if you were that hampered, but, um, you know, Waddle's not my favorite, but if those top two receivers are off the board and you're dead set of trying to get a game-changer deep threat, he could be in the mix. Here's the trouble with Penne Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. This guy, I've heard he's basically one of the most solid tackles to come out. Just one of the top prospects, probably the top you know, three or four um, prospects in this draft. If he was the fall to the Lions and you just paid Taylor Decker. And here's my thing with tackles. There's certain guys you can just say, hey, you're going to have to play the right side and they're able to do it or they're more of a run grade, you know, road grader type. So it, it works out. But there's other guys, man, they just play left tackle and that's what they do. I, I don't think you'd want to take a penny Sewell and move him to the right side. I don't know that you'd want to take him, let him be your left tackle and tell Taylor Decker who you just paid that he's got to figure out the right side. But it's hard to turn down an offensive tackle too, especially when we got those issues on the right side. I know people have some, you know, hopes for Crosby. People will tell me, oh, Zavitai's got to stay based on his contract. Hey, man, if you're sitting there at seven and Penny Sewell is there who could go as high as number two or three in this draft, you really have to consider it. I don't know how you could move those pieces around. Could you take Sewell and and make him a, a franchise left tackle? And since you already paid Taylor Decker, just make him figure it out on the right side. He always says he's a good teammate. He just wants to do his craft. He's, he would be signed. So he would basically have to uh, learn that position and, and lock down that side. And then you'd have the... Uh, the beast uh, here, Penny Sewell on the left. So something to think about. 
and, and the reason I put Sertain on this list, the corner from Alabama, is because I really don't think the Lions have enough corners yet. I know people want to just come on here and always be like, oh, you know, we got Okuda, he's going to be good, which I think he will be as well. You know, we paid Justin Coleman, you know, True Font's contract is ironclad, he can't get rid of him. And you got A.O. in the background. I mean, you know that man, A.O., he's a, he's a grown corner. We talk about him all the time on the show. A.O. Oh, baby! You you know who he is, you guys know the soundbite. And it's like, he's aight. <laughs> he, he he ain't that great as as Grifka would say. I mean he's a he's a three four type corner at best in my opinion. But if you put Sertain and Okuda together, two pretty much locked down top prospect type corners, and then you either get rid of Justin Coleman and use that money in other places. You put Trufant in a backup role and you put Ao in a backup role, and then you start um, trying to figure out who your slot corner is going to be or who these backups, you know, they always bring back the Mike Ford. He's being the, uh, gosh, he's the new guy that we just keep hanging around or keep bringing back, even though everybody knows he's not good at football. So it's like you, you had two top guys. You could start playing around with your backups, your slots and stuff like that. But until they get that, those, that position solidified, I think you're going to continue to see us get sliced and diced in coverage. I think you're going to see us continue to struggle when it comes to stopping other teams, especially nowadays in a passing league. So it might be a boss move to sit there at seven. Hey, man, all these other people we really wanted are off the board. The fancy receivers, the top flight, flashy quarterbacks, and the and the big nasty linebacker. Let's just go ahead and take ourselves another top corner. Let's pair them up with Okuda. Let's slide everybody else down the down the depth chart. AO, True Font, if you keep Coleman around, and some of these other backups. And, and now we might be able to lock up on the outsides. So I, I don't think that's a horrible scenario either. So like I said, if this was to be the actual scenario, I know I said I'd take quarterback above all else, but I guess my best case situation looking at this right now, if I'm making the pick and these are the guys on the board and we're talking about this in early January here, I'm probably going to lean towards Quiddy Pay. Or Gregory Russo. I know a lot of people now seem to have pay up top. They really like uh, his upside. I really like what I saw from Russo. He just always seemed to get after the quarterback. Sack fumbles. Seemed really long. Seemed like a really good, like a replacement guy. I hate to do this, but you pretty much know Okwara is going to walk. So if if you could plug this guy in, he seemed like Okwara to me. He's smart, funny, athletic, long finds ways to get after the quarterback time and time again. Benny Blades told me we got to have a hurricane on the Detroit Lions in order to win, so I'd probably take, with the seventh overall pick, Gregory Rousseau. And I might as well play the soundbite while I'm here on the show. You know where he's from. The U. (laughs) You can hear that and drops like this on the Believe in Lions show. Or my personal favorite every time Benny mentions somebody from South Florida, Miami, his canes. You know, I got to drop this on him. So, like I said, everybody check out that show. We have a lot of fun. Like I said, I told you guys to make this a short show. Um, We talked 
conspiracy theories. We talked GM, head coach, and we talked drafts. So I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. Grifka's going to get you guys something on Friday. And then, uh, like I said, next week, I think we got Logan coming in. We got some other tricks up our sleeve coming, as well as when we're talking Lions all off season, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Take care. Have a great week. I'm out. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.